And I'm Allison Kane. I always love it when we always start out and we're both just literally trying to get through the intro without bursting into <laughs> laughter. Um, <laughs> so I was like, we're calling this one Just Add Spit Mud. Do you have any good stories about being spitting mad or seeing somebody spit or somebody hawking up a loogie? <laughs> Like, I just want to know some more of these sayings. Because hawking up a loogie, I mean, I've is heard that, that. Is that a southern thing? It's a long time ago thing. Oh, is it? I don't I, know. I do love old-timey sayings. Yes, I mean, but Like britches. I say britches now. Thanks for that. That's You're where welcome. I got it from. See? You know what I miss? Some of your um, animal in your country, you oh, know. you mean... I don't know, like references. Yes, like you talk about tighter than a tick. Yes, keep going. It's getting good. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to think about them. They just kind of pop out of me. You might know you're from the South if you say tighter than a tick. Yeah, I don't, you know, and I don't even know if my mom ever said that. Like, these are just things that are in me. Maybe it's in the Bible somewhere. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the farmer's version. Yeah. What I wish I could remember. I feel like there's something about a pig. You did say pig. There's always something about pork when you're from the South, because we do dearly love a pig picking. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, William loves pigs, my youngest. To eat them or to play with them? All of the above. Okay. So great. he has always wanted a pet pig. And when he was five years old, he... So for a couple of years on his birthday, he had these like messages, these monologues that he would give us. Oh my gosh. And so I remember we were sitting in Texas. This was his fourth birthday, fourth or fifth. And he said, um, the world needs me. All I need is my pet pig. (laughs) And we are going to change the world. He was four. He was turning four. I have a picture of him. He's so serious. His head is like leaned down on his hand and he's kind of like fist talking with his fist hitting the table emphasizing oh at the donut shop he's he's really not dramatic at all right <laughs> and i mean it came out of nowhere and i was like okay so you need a pet pig and so he and my sister go back and forth about oh pigs because she lives out in arkansas and he wants her to get a pig so far she has goats okay well true story one of our neighbors um from like let's see a few houses ago she and her family have a pet pig and it's like potty trained and he sits on the couch with them and he plays in the backyard. It's like a whole thing. They're probably hypoallergenic, right? Totally. Like, is it a little pig or a big pig? I mean, I, I mean, like uh, how, compared to he like digs in the cushions <gasps> compared to gypsy. Well, I don't think I've ever seen him, but when the kids would go over for like youth group or whatever it's called, young life or whatever, the pig, and they did it in their basement. The pig would be there. What's the pig's name? I can't remember. That's cute. I know. What's the whole thing? We'll call him Chops. I think you might need a pig. I don't need anything else to take care of. <laughs> William will do it. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I have my flowers, which, by the way, we'll talk about that in another podcast. You and I will talk offline. I was cracking myself up talking about this. <laughs> well, oh, but are we on the wrong one? Maybe. Are we doing maps or are we doing spitting? Looks like we're doing spitting. Let's spit. Let's spit. Okay. 
Y'all, we fly by the seat of our pants, but we hope that's what you find endearing about us. <laughs> well, so John 9, there's this great story of Jesus um, and the blind man. And you, I'm sure you're familiar with it if you've, if you've read the Gospels, but Jesus and his disciples come across this blind man and they began to ask Jesus, the disciples, all these questions like, why? Why is he like this? Who sinned in his family that would cause this to happen? Like, who? What? why is he receiving this punishment? Whose fault is it? Um, how did this happen? And it's so interesting. Jesus' reply just caught me off guard. He said, you're asking the wrong questions. Oh, You're looking for someone to blame, and there is no such cause and effect here. Look instead for what God can do. Wow. So in, I know. So instead of asking why, 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 which we all, or how did this happen, or why did this happen, or why can't, you know, we should ask what. And so just a shift in how we ask a question when we're faced with a challenging situation or circumstance, instead of asking why did this happen to me, then we should ask what is God going to do through this situation? So it reminds me (laughs) of spitting, a spitting story. No, No. it reminds me of when you're trying to find something on Google, Mm -hmm. you have to figure out the right question to ask to get the right answer. Like, yes. And sometimes, you know, I'll say, oh, look that up. And I'm going, that's not the right question. Right. You have to rephrase it so that it knows that's so true. Yep. Because I'm teaching my kids how to find answers and how to find, yeah, that's part of well, now you Life. just ask that like artificial intelligence person, right? I, we, we don't. No, I don't mean We can't do that. I don't even know. So it is interesting that our, often our immediate response is, well, what do they do wrong? Mm-hmm. I think about when people in your lives, let's just say your child is dealing with um, battling depression or maybe is doing something totally off the beaten path that, that no one saw coming. Right. What's your question? Hmm. Well, I wonder if the parents took them to church. Do you think they pray for that child? Or do you think they really believe or pray enough? Oh, I hate that one. I know. I just think <laughs> of all the ways that we immediately jump on the, mm. mm-hmm. It's more judgment. Oh, 100%. I mean, these disciples were like, you know, it was yes. like, uh-huh. We all do that. Mm-hmm. So I want to, because last week we talked about when you have a particular feeling come up within you that you should ask the questions, where is this coming from? Why am I feeling like this? This is a very different situation because that is a reflecting that those questions are important in that situation. Yes. Because you are trying to get to the root cause of, of a problem that is within your heart so that you can untangle the lie to get into the inside, the truth. Yep. Right. The core of who you truly are in Christ. So that is very different than a circumstance or a situation. We don't want to ask those same questions, right? Like why and how, and it's not fair, you know, all the things that were so, it's so human nature. Yes. You know, Um, We want to, in that situation, shift it 
and try to gain a more eternal and heavenly perspective on the situation. Like, Mm. what is God going to do in this situation? Um, I was getting ready to ask the wrong question. See how naturally it comes that we, like, who can be affected by this? You know, like, it is so hard to change that mentality of how we ask the question, but we, we often cannot change... Many times we cannot change certain circumstances that we're in. And so it is fruitless to sit. Now, I'm not saying you can't have a pity party and bang your fist around and ask all those, you know, unfruitful questions yes. for a while. Like, I'm all about that. But then we have to come out. We have to, you know, okay, God, you're in this. I know you're in this. What are you going to do? What is God going to do in this how you know how is he working and that is how we shift our perspective and we start to look to the positive we start to find hope and faith i always say i can't wait to see how god's going to show up for this one yeah (laughs) (laughs) because he does Mm -hmm. i had a lot of questions asked this weekend um I basically bravely told everybody, I want all of you to think of one question you have about God that you've never had answered. And I want you to ask it this weekend. Ask your mom, ask one of the leaders here, ask me. Wow, that is a very great question. Very powerful. Powerful. First through sixth grade. It was like, um, why, why do bad things happen? The question that we all want to know. And I wanted to have a safe space to ask these questions. And one of the people, you know, I did my typical, you know, there's free will and yada, yada. And this woman stood up because I also let them answer. I let other people answer. I'm not the end all be all. Thank goodness. Well, yeah, facts. And she said, some people only learn through tragedy. Oh, wow. And she said, and we will never know Hmm. on this side of heaven how that tragedy, the ripple effect that it had for God's kingdom. Yeah. It's so hard to have, um, to think in that way when we're seeing, a, you know, a child who is sick and suffering, um, a parent, you know, lose their child or a child lose their parent when that, you know, there's so many senseless acts of violence and things like that. And we just, it does not make sense. Right. It just doesn't. Um, but then that that faith and that trust when we're firmly anchored in God and his truth, then that faith becomes stronger. It becomes a beacon. And I think it's easier to shift our question, our question methodology. It shifts a little easier to what will God accomplish through this circumstance? What will God accomplish through this tragedy? And the hard the hard part is one asking the question and the next part is we may not ever see it on this side of heaven. Yes. And we may not agree with it. You know, we're on a pig thing here. So I'm thinking about in Mark nine where the, the pigs, right? There's a guy and he's on yes. the beach and he's crazy. And the demons like come yeah. out and they're like, why are you here? Why are you bothering us? Don't, you know, they're, they already they're recognize. terrified of they're the Son of God. Terrified of the Son of God. They actually say, 
hi, son of God, not really those words, but they're like, hey, son of God, please don't do this to us. Send us into something nearby. So he sends all the, it was a legion, right? Yeah. Into a bunch of pigs that are nearby. The pigs then run all the way off the cliff and all die in the river. Now, guess whose day sucked? The pig farmer. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) He has no idea what just went down. He just, but he lost his entire herd of pigs. And then let's think about his wife. He goes out to tend to the pigs. He comes back really soon. And she's like, why are you back so soon? Well, he's freaking out. I just got fired from my job. Yeah. And I'm (laughs) in charge. Just lost my job and all of our money. And now we can't, you know. Eat bacon. Or, you know, go to the doctor. Take the kids to the doctor. Yes. Or get them braces. (laughs) We can do none of that. But what he may not have seen... Was a man who was completely healed from demons who yeah. had taken over his body. Yeah. Right. Perspective. Perspective. Some we see sometimes and some we do not. But you know who has the best perspective? God. Think of how high up he is. He gets to see it all. Mm-hmm. Also, that would be exhausting. Yeah. Always think about my cross stitch. Yes, it would be for us. <laughs> um she just my regular days of just knowing a few things of the people in my family is exhausting yes. enough. <laughs> it's like, I cannot take any more. Um, I always think about, and I'm sure I've shared this before, but when I used to do cross stitch, um, yeah, you know me and all my crafts. Yeah. <laughs> my different things. You guys have never heard me say when I was doing this craft, have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was needle pointing this belt, <laughs> doing my pottery class, painting class. Anyway, I, w- I used to cross stitch and I was creating something for uh, like a little prayer for one of the kids. And I noticed, I still have it. Um, the front is so beautifully, you know, laid out every stitch in place. You can read the words of the prayer. The colors are signified and the lines of each of the objects and the angels and the sun and all the things on it. But when you flip it over on the back, the, (laughs) it's a hot mess. (laughs) I mean, Every color is intertwined and you can't make out any words. You can't even make out what the cross stitch is about. And maybe if you're a better cross stitcher than me, you can get a little more detail from the back. But it's just a knotted mess. And the Lord just shows, it's like, this is how we see things. We, we see the colors. We kind of get the, de- we get a little bit of the outline. We might be able to make out a few of the words and, you know, guess what's going to happen or what it looks like, but he sees it from a heavenly perspective and he sees it very clear, like the front of the cross stitch, Mm. every color in place, every word, very crisp and spelled out and every single detail in place. And that just really spoke to me. That was years ago. And I still remember it like yesterday because it was just, he was opening my eyes to just because it may look a mess Mm -hmm. from where you are does not mean that it's not a perfect plan. Yeah. I was walking this morning and I was thinking, I used to obviously try to control everything. Does anyone else do that, right? I mean, you don't do that anymore. And now we talk about, oh, it's the illusion of control. (laughs) And so when we give up the illusion control and we say, well, we're just going to give it to God, that's a great step. But I think the even better step is when you realize like, I am not fit for that job. 
As a matter of fact, yes. if God said, here you go, you can have this for one day, I'd be like, not it. Facts. Not it. Yes. Actually, I was just tricking. So you keep... <laughs> I was just tricking. Opposite day. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you keep it. I, I didn't really mean it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think... But that's a peaceful place to be. When you is. totally realize, like, I, I don't even... I can't even say, if I were God, mm. I don't know. I got nothing. And again, I think this whole thing... I love this this pattern that God's weaving through this conversation of changing our perspective, you know, trying to see things from a big picture, just like that. Do we really want what we think we do or what we act like on a daily basis that we want? Right. And, you know, ask yourself some questions, not about your circumstances, but maybe how do you see God inviting you to see what he's doing in your life? Hmm. You know, what does that look like? How is he calling you into your story this moment? How is he inviting you into that? Are you allowing him to even mail you an invitation? Mm. If he's gotten it in the mail, have you checked the mail? Oh. And if you've checked it, is it still sitting on the counter or have you opened it? The answer is yes. It's still sitting on my counter. Yeah. <laughs> I do not you like know, open mail. Like there's some steps to yes. that. He's inviting you into this to a deeper trust and a deeper understanding of his wisdom through the Holy Spirit. But it takes multiple steps for us. Um, and then once you open the invitation, you you have to, there, that requires act, a little bit more action. You got to RSVP. And then you have to show up. Yes. I mean, it's still that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then when you get there, you can't run away. Right. <laughs> and then maybe sitting down, like we talked about last week, it's so good to write these things out or at least sit down and quietly, if, if I have to write them down so I can remember them and it keeps me focused, but just taking a quiet moment to consider what is God doing in me and through me? And not just in tough circumstances, because that's always easy. But what is he doing and where is he meeting you in your joys, Mm. in your celebrations, in your blessings? Yes, in your trials, but in your relationships. You know, when when you sit down and you start to reflect on what is he doing through me in the all of these situations, then it becomes it's more natural in the joys. So when we get to the trials, it's a little bit easier to fall into that counterintuitive. Like what healing is occurring in your heart? What changes are being made in your heart? What new discipline is he introducing to you? Have you found that stillness and listening is the place where you hear him the most? Um, what deep faith step mm. is he calling you into for, you know, to trust him to take all of the things that happen in our life? He is just calling you, inviting you into that situation and asking you to seek him and say, what is God doing through this situation? The good, the bad, the ugly, and the joyous. I love it. Yeah. It, it's interesting. And it's and it's hard. And it's also fun. It is. It's all, it is all of those things in one present. That's it so true. It really is. It's just, I almost, with anticipation, 
some most of the time excited anticipation. Yeah. But I'm like, I I can't see what's good. I can't wait to see what's next. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Sometimes it's terrifying. It's terrifying, but then when you realize whatever happens, God was with you. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay. It's so true. And I can't wait to see how he works that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Time will tell. Time will tell. Um, I hope, you know, it has even hurt my brain through this podcast <laughs> um, to think. It's almost like I'm having to write with my left hand and I'm right-handed. This is not going to come naturally to us. It is a practice and a discipline like everything else that we have to keep focusing on and and keep building that muscle to look at things from a different perspective, to try to look at things from God's perspective. So do not, you will be frustrated and you will totally mess it up a lot. And, and it is so natural to fall back into those old habits. And you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to define it. Absolutely. So I think sometimes you go, oh, God's working through this because he's doing this. And then you try to circumvent and make sure this happens. <laughs> You know, we're tricky like that. We're so tricky like that. Not good tricky. Like, oh, well, clearly God made this happen because now they're going to go to camp and they're going to meet their future husband, Googling all the counselors, getting their resumes, (laughs) connecting them on Facebook, you know. I was just at camp and watching some of the little college counselors and they're so sweet and it's precious. Um, The camp that I was at, J.D. Greer met his wife there. I think they were counselors. Oh my gosh, that's so many people meet at camp. Anywho, but then I'm thinking, oh, Reese, he's 17. I mean, he has a sweet girl right now, but you know, I could totally try to circumvent whatever. Yeah, she's totally trying to send my kids to camp too. I may. I may. I was like, hey, this is a great idea. I was I was trying to dominate your kids' summer. I thought this is a great idea. Clearly, this is a God thing because it's at a church camp. Duh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah, so if it, I mean it is God, it is church camp, so it must be okay. It must be what he wants. Oh wow. Well okay. we hope that this week as you go through life and your daily moments. That you will ask what instead of how and why. Thanks for joining us this week on The Center and the Same.